welcome to the new year. It is 2020. You know what I want for you? I want you to kick this year in the teeth. I want you to make it the best year of your life ever. So here's the deal. We took the four most popular New Year's resolutions and we asked you on social media to submit your questions. And now it's time to answer them. I'm Brian Tome, and this is The Aggressive Life. Welcome back to The Aggressive Life. I'm here with my good friend Craig, a.k.a. Windex. Hey. Answering questions that you've submitted. Today, it's all about improving relationships. You guys had loads of questions on this a lot, so uh, let's let's go to it. What do you got? All right. First question. uh, How do I keep my in-laws from monopolizing all the holiday plans? You do what's called oral contraception. You say no. (laughs) (laughs) Say no. It's it's that simple. You, uh, you, You can be passive and let people... Take over your holidays, or you don't have to, or, or you you run your holidays. I had a massive aha on this over Thanksgiving. I used to hate Thanksgiving, so we went to oh, some relatives' house. They were just tough, man. They were just tough. And I heard people like Thanksgiving. I hated Thanksgiving. And then finally, after I had a kid, I realized, you know, I'm just passively following what my in-laws and other people want me to do. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do something different Thanksgiving, and it's become my, my favorite thing. So... You can tell your relatives what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. If you're over 18, you can do that. Make your own plans. And you can say things like, well, this year we're going to blank. You don't have to say no. You say, hey, well, they say, hey, we're going to be at Aunt Minnie's house. And okay, all right, well, well, this year we're going to be dun da dun da dun And that's just what it is. You have a life. Take control of it. Make it meaningful. Great question does god already have planned who we will marry or is that a free will or a combination god does not have planned who you're going to marry we don't see any leading of this anywhere inside of the bible this also ties right into our soulmate who's our soulmate this theology fits well there's this one person that i could find and if i could find this one person it would be great That's just ridiculous. Any of us who've been married for any length of time recognize there are thousands of other people you could have been married to. Thousands. It's not about finding the right one. It's about finding one that hits the parameters and then you doing the right things inside your marriage. So no, God does not have planned who you're supposed to meet. He may know who you are going to meet. He may have some ideas that are going to work out better for you. And I think we could still say that my wife is a gift to me. I was praying for her even before I got married. But what I don't like about this question and what the hill I'm dying on is there is no one person that if you don't find that person, you're you're gone for life. I just interacted with a guy who I work with when he was in high school decades decades ago and a good 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 dude and he's not married and he believes the one person he missed her in college she wanted to marry him and he he didn't and he's been single since well like no no you might have missed her but if you want to be married there's other good fish in the sea ask somebody out be aggressive. It's a weenie, weenie boy, weenie girl question. Like, okay, God has this one person. I'm just going to sit back and wait for that rumper. No, no, no. You're going to have to ask people out. You're, have to ask, you're going to have to actually say yes when someone asks you out. Good. 
Question. My patience has dwindled with my girls since they've become teenagers. Help. Actually, it's all, all caps. Help! <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, the teenage years are a function of how their years were when they were two and three. I don't, I don't know this person, and I don't know the situation, but for all of you who have younger children, your teenage years, your kids, will all be based on how well you do when they're two, three, four, five, six. We go through four key phases as parents. The first phase is nurse. All you're doing is changing, cleaning, loving things. You're a nurse. The second phase is where people go wrong is the king or queen phase. This is when you are king or you are queen. Your kid does not have a will. They do not have a vote. They do not get a choice. When food is put in front of their plate, they must eat it all, all of it. When you say no, it means no. When you say come here, they must come here immediately. They, oh, aren't they, aren't, aren't they going to break their will? You're not going to break their will. But you do need to break their disobedience because none of us respect an authority that isn't honorable. And oftentimes when teenagers get out of control, it's because we didn't king or queen them earlier on. So we get, then the third phase is we go to a coach. We allow kids to make decisions on their own and we, within parameters. <clears throat> and then the final stage is friend, is friend. So generally when somebody has a teenager acting up, one of two things has happened. They haven't kinged or queened them well, so there's not respect that they have for their parents or their parents are still trying to king and queen them instead of letting them coach instead of letting them make more decisions on their own, instead of letting them decide whether or not they're going to go out for volleyball, instead of letting them decide what their study parameters are going to be. So I would look at one of those two areas and, again, also say teenage years are tough. uh, Sometimes you just hang on and try not to screw it up any worse than you might have already screwed it up. So I get the if if you're kinging them still, you got to just back down a little bit, yep. right? Yeah. But if you have if you're if you've just been coaching them or trying to be their friend the whole time, how do you build that authority back up? How do you do, okay. make up for the kinging? Well, then what I would go then is I would go back to if you're gonna maybe maybe you want to go all the way to friend, but I mean a genuine friend, like you're you're a friend of mine, and you know both you and I have said things to one another that were a bit stern, a bit direct. And you're going to have to say stern and direct things to your kids. And if you're going to be a friend, you're going to have to find stupid times to laugh with them. Sometimes our kids are not listening to us because we're just not fun to be around. They don't want to be around us because we're sticks in the mud. We're just rule keepers. We're rule makers. We in, they, our kids feel like we in, we've invented rules for them. So figure out some ways to laugh with your kids and just be a, be a normal friend. And figure out times when you got to be direct with your kids. All right, uh, let's uh, let's just jump into this. This is more of a statement than a question, but you can react to it. If my fiance doesn't want to set a date after four years of being engaged, I'm ready to move. Damn straight you are. Completely right. I have no idea if this is a male or a female. No question. If someone is not willing to walk down the aisle and that's a goal for years after four years, after three years, after two years, head for the hills. The truth of the matter is I like long long dating periods and very, very rapid engagements. There comes a point where you know everything you need to know about that person and whether or not they're going to be in your life or not. After a year, you got it. 
You got it. You'll find new things out, but really, you've seen them in every single holiday. You know how they behave around the holidays. You know how they stress out about money or how they don't stress out about money. You know it all. enough decisions are there. Then it's about setting the date, and that's about you know having as quick of a date as possible so you can get off and get laid in a way that God would approve of. And I mean that seriously. Like whenever I with somebody who professes to have faith and they have long engagements, I go like, okay, you either have zero sex drive or you really do not have faith because you're ignoring God entirely and therefore you can afford to push something off way, way off with the future. Man, my, my, my engagement was fast, man, because I wanted to get laid. I did. I, and I, was, I saved myself. I was a virgin when I got married, a physical virgin. I had plenty of other fantasies and sex with myself on many, many, many occasions. But in terms of the official American parameters of a virgin, that was me, man. And I was like, hey, let's not wait, let's go. So if you want to actually steal the relationship and make it happen, and the other person doesn't have to for you, yeah, they're not the right one. And actually there's gonna be problems there, not just that they may not have the same value of marriage if you have a value of marriage, but this may be a continual problem for them of never being able to make big decisions and commit to big things. And that's not somebody you want to be hitched to long-term. All right, here's a, here's a question for you. Uh, full-time job, founder of a tech startup, daughter, two dogs, and a wife. Is there a balance? I'm stressed out just reading this right now. My two goodness. dogs. Two dogs. <laughs> I have one dog right now. She's a puppy, but man, she's, she's very, very, very tough. Uh, yes, there is a balance. I would say more specifically, there has to be boundaries for you. There are, there are people who have as stressed out of a situation as you do who've learned to have boundaries. So your boundaries could look like this. I'm going to be done checking email at this time. You can, seriously. There's nothing of value that's going to happen after a certain time of night. You can set that boundary. You can also set a boundary that says, this day, I'm not going to be doing any work. You can do that. Seriously, you can do that. Your tech startup will be okay if you check out for 24 hours. In fact, the science says it'll be better when you check back in. Another boundary would actually be telling your kids sometimes, like I've said this in my job, a few times we've had campaigns at the church that I lead, and I've gone to my family, and I've said, Hey, over the next three months, who's your daddy? I said, not me. I'm not your daddy. Love you, care for you. Just not gonna see me around that much. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to pretend that I'm like the uh, the Thompsons. We knew the Thompsons who he took a six month assignment in Alaska one time with this company, an environmental company. I said, you have to pretend. Imagine that I, I've taken an assignment in Alaska. You're just not gonna see me that much. And sometimes that's balance. But the huge thing is boundaries. There is a defining of what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do. What, what becomes unhealthy is when we just muddle through every day thinking we have to do it all and we can't do it all. Think in 2020, right now, where you have a little bit of a break, you're listening to this podcast, what are the parameters you're going to put around all those segments of your life and keep them? You can do that. Good answer. I feel like I'm constantly frustrated with my friends. How can I love them better? Well, if you're constantly frustrated with them, you might want to find new friends. Seriously, you're not married to them. You can be, you can love them better by Maybe telling them truth about why you're. Fr- it's they suck, or you suck. Your expectations of them are too high. Mm. It's one of those two things. But that's a wonderful thing about friendships. You're not married. 
you can say what has to happen and, and see if they change or if you change and, and then uh, move on. Next question. Teenager here. Is pleasing everyone worth it? No. No, teenager here. Pleasing everyone is not worth it. You need to figure out, though, who you do need to please and please that person. So, teenager here, this is actually the problem with many of us who are younger. We take this rebellious thing, I'm, 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 I'm not going to please everyone. No, that's, that's called somebody who doesn't get ahead in life. You have to know who you're going to please. First of all, if you believe in God, you got to please God. Now, that, that's a big one. Uh, if you're working for somebody, sorry, you have to please that person. <laughs> I know that sounds radical. If you want more money, you have to please the person you report to. They're not interested in your philosophies. They're not interested in how you read an article about Fast Company. No, you have to please them. So there's some people you have to please. The problem is pleasing everybody. We don't have to please our friends, and we don't have to please everybody on our social media feeds. That's another question about pleasing. My husband and I struggle with intimacy. We have two small kids. How do we fix this? We do like each other. You're going to have to try some, doing something different. Okay, when you talk about intimacy, intimacy here, um, intimacy from my wife, believe it or not, means physical sex. Intimacy for me means personal vulnerability. Now, personal vulnerability and sex can come together in an amazing way, but both of you have got to be clear on what that is. You know, when, when, when she's been vulnerable with me, I'm more turned on and vice versa. So that's one thing I would spell And the second thing, if we're talking, I think this person's talking about sex, you're going to have to try something that's just, just purely different. If, it's, if you're struggling with it, it's because you're not doing what the other person wants to have done. That's why. Because we don't struggle with eating because we want to eat. <laughs> we don't struggle with going movies, but we want to have movies. So something about how you're having sex is what the other person doesn't want to do, which is why they're not participating or initiating. So you have to try something new. If you're simply doing the missionary position or whatever it is, and yes, you've done all the time, and, and it's not, okay, you're going to have to try something different. All right. Okay, let's, let's try lightning round. Why don't we try that? Like, I, okay, these have been so great. good. Like, let's real fast, I promised, right. I promised to do like three sentences or less. Okay. Three great. sentences or less. Go. Quick. Uh, how do you become less dependent on your significant other? Do things for yourself or embrace that you should be dependent on your significant other. It's called marriage. Three sentences. Thoughts on getting married while still in college? I think that can work. <laughs> We have to try things that are different because what's happening in normal society isn't working. That could work. Best thing you've done for your marriage? Having a sacred date night that we go out and we do something together outside the home. Please talk about serious dating, not just timeline. Like how? Boundaries. Three sentences. That's hard. <laughs> you made the rules. I did make the rules. All right. Um, uh, okay. Here we go. Uh, uh, one. Define sexual expectations the very first date. Two, group date with the person, with your friends, and actually get feedback from your friends on what they think of that person. Three, set a timeline with this person about when you will be engaged or when you'll be broken up or even you just don't want to be married. That's fine. 
I've been in a three and a half year dating relationship. I'm only 20. Is it too early to pop the question? I don't think it's too early to pop the question. So long as you know what the vision for your life is. The vision for your life has to be beyond a marriage. It has to be something else you're looking to do and accomplish. And if you know what that is, and your person you're going to ask out is on board with that, I think three and a half years, you've done your time. People people have been married since they were 13 in the ancient world, and they did a heck of a lot better job than we are right now getting married at 35. Last question, lightning round. How do you handle toxic relationships if they're in your nuclear family? First, I have a fight with them because I say things that, that, that really bothers them. And then secondly, I just avoid them and I just don't go to things where they are. Done. All right. Lightning round over. Yes, it is. Bam! Good stuff right there. Tomorrow we'll tackle your questions on money. Till then, head over to bryantome.com. Sign up for the mailing list and check out more articles, podcasts, and aggressive living. I'm also active on Instagram. Follow at Tome. Special thanks to the band judges for the music. See ya tomorrow. The Aggressive Life with Brian Tome is a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio.